Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It's Wednesday, June 8th, 2022, and a cloudy, rainy day. So um, it seems like, well, something that we can always use, I suppose, until we can't. Uh, our catechesis today is we're going to continue in Luke chapter 7. Um, yesterday, of course, we had John the Baptist's disciples coming out to him. Um, and then we're going to see Jesus again as he did then and as he had done previous with the healing or the resurrection of the boy at, at Nain, the widow's son. Um, so we'll see with the forgiveness of sins today. All right, let's begin. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Memory verse. Abraham believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Genesis 15, verse 6. Your psalm is Psalm 119. Uh, The third and fourth parts, right? Gimel and Dalit. Deal bountifully with your servant, that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes, that I may behold wondrous works, or wondrous things out of your law. I am a sojourner on the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your just decrees at all times. You rebuke the insolent, accursed ones who wander from your commandments. Take away from me scorn and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Even though princes sit plotting against me, your servant will meditate on your statutes. Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. My soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. When I... Told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Put false ways far from me, and graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your just decrees before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. First reading is from Hosea chapter 2. And it shall be in that day, says the Lord, that you will call me my husband, and no longer call me my master. For I will take from her mouth the names of the Baals, and they shall be remembered by their name no more. In that day I will make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field, with the birds of the air, and with the creeping things of the ground. Bow and sword of battle I will shatter from the earth to make them lie down safely. I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and justice and loving kindness and mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness, and you shall know the Lord. It shall come to pass in that day That I will answer, says the Lord, I will answer the heavens, and they shall answer the earth. The earth shall answer with grain, with new wine, and with oil. They shall answer Jezreel. Then I will sow her for myself in the earth. 
and I will have mercy on her who had not obtained mercy. Then I will say to those who were not my people, you are my people, and they shall say, you are my God. All right. A beautiful confession here from the one of the, again, tw- book of the Twelve, the Minor Prophets, now in Hosea. I love Hosea because of this theme here, um, which uh, is really then fulfilled in Jesus Christ, right? This picture of God um, coming as the bridegroom and we being his bride, right? We have that right here in verse 16, and it's a constant theme, all right, um, that he takes us out of our idolatry, uh, which is uh, which is actually uh, metaphorically um, connected to adultery in, in Hosea in particular. Um, again, a theme that runs through faithfulness is likened unto marriage, all right? Uh, and so he says, I will betroth you, there it is, marriage again, uh, to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me. How? In loving, in righteousness and justice and loving kindness and mercy and in faithfulness, right? This is by way of the cross through the forgiveness of sins. This is all going to play out really well um, with our gospel text for today, the one we're going to look at. All right. So he makes us his people and he does that through this betrothal. It's a beautiful picture. All right. And then our reading for catechesis is from Luke chapter 7. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. She began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now, when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, Teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing to which, with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one who forgave more. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Then he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. All right. So, uh, much to discuss here, of course. Uh, I'm going to actually see if I can't brighten up my camera a little bit more for you. It's very dark. Uh, now you can see me better, right? All right, good. Um, let's see. So, who con- or where does Jesus go to eat? That's the key here. The Pharisees invited him, and so he went to eat at the Pharisee's house. Sometimes people um, talk about Jesus only um, eating and drinking with sinners. Uh, well, that includes Pharisees. <laughs> he- He's not a respecter of persons, all right? Um, 
there's no one off limits for him to come and forgive. So both the proud and the righteous, and also the humble and the unrighteous. All right, so who came to Jesus here in particular? We have that contrast set up. Yeah, sinful woman in the city. She brings with her an alabaster flask of ointment. All right, fragrant oil. What did the woman do? It says here, she began to, verse 38, wash his feet with her tears, wipe them with the hair of her head, kiss his feet, and anoint them with that fragrant oil. So we have tears and hair. Tears and hair. Uh, this tells us, actually, what particular kind of sinner she is. Um, this is sometimes what happens in the Bible. I mean, the emphasis isn't on her particular sin, but rather um, on her repentance, right? Um, but um, there's not. it's not too hard to imply what's going on here. And this comes from um, Moses's, Moses's law, his commands for this particular kind of sin. Um, here it is recorded in Numbers 5. I'll share this with you. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel. When a man or woman commits any sin that men commit in unfaithfulness against the Lord, and that person is guilty, then he shall confess the sin which he has committed. He shall make restitution for his trespass in full, plus one-fifth of it, and give it to the one he has wronged. But if the man has no relative to whom restitution may be made for the wrong, the restitution for the wrong must go to the Lord for the priest. In addition to the ram of the atonement, with which the atonement is made for him. Every offering of the holy of all the holy things of the children of Israel, which they bring to the priest, shall be his. And every man's holy thing shall be his. Whatever a man gives the priest shall be his. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, If any man's wife goes astray and behaves unfaithfully toward him, and a man lies with her carnally, and it is hidden from the eyes of her husband, and it is concealed that she has defiled herself, and there was no witness against her, nor was she caught. If the spirit of jealousy comes upon him, and he becomes jealous of his wife, who has defiled herself, or if the spirit of jealousy comes upon him, and he becomes jealous of his wife, although she has not defiled herself, then the man shall bring his wife to the priest. He shall bring the offering required for her, one-tenth of an ephah of barley meal. He shall pour no oil on it, and put no frankincense on it, because it is a grain offering of jealousy." an offering for remembering, for bringing iniquity to remembrance. And the priest shall bring her near and set her before the Lord. The priest shall take holy water in an earthen vessel and take some of the dust that is on the floor of the tabernacle and put it into the water. Then the priest shall stand the woman before the Lord, uncover the woman's head, there it is, and put the offering for remembering in her hands, which is the grain offering of jealousy. And the priest shall have in his hand the bitter water that brings a curse. And the priest shall put her under oath, and say to the woman, If no man has lain with you, and if you have not gone astray to uncleanness while under your husband's authority, be free from this bitter water that brings a curse. But if you have gone astray while under your husband's authority, and if you have defiled yourself and some man other than your husband has lain with you, then the priest shall put the woman under the oath of the curse. And he shall say to the woman, The Lord make you a curse and an oath among your people when the Lord makes your thigh rot and your belly swell. And may this water that causes the curse go into your stomach and make your belly swell and your thigh rot. All right, so that's an interesting uh, euphemism. Then uh, the woman shall say, Amen, so be it. Then the priest shall write these curses in a book and he shall scrape them off with the bitter water. And he shall make the woman drink the bitter water that brings a curse. And the water that brings the curse shall enter her to become bitter. 
Then the priest shall take the grain offering of jealousy from the woman's hand and shall wave the offering before the Lord and bring it to the altar. And the priest shall take a handful of the offering as its memorial portion, burn it on the altar, and afterward make the woman drink the water. When he has made her drink the water, then it shall be, if she has defiled herself and behaved unfaithfully toward her husband, and that water brings a curse, will enter her and become bitter, and her belly will swell, and her thigh will rot, and the woman will become a curse among her people. But if the woman has not defiled herself and is clean, then she shall be free and may conceive children. This is the law of jealousy, when a wife, while under her husband's authority, goes astray and defiles herself, or when the spirit of jealousy comes upon a man, and he becomes jealous of his wife. Then he shall stand the woman before the Lord, and the priest shall execute all this law upon her. Then the man shall be free from iniquity, but the woman shall bear her guilt. All right. Um, now you might um, see that there's an emphasis, of course, on the guilt of the woman who's caught in adultery. Um, but there's also that, um, there's that backspin, right? She comes and mer- makes an oath before the priest, right? And she knows that it would bring a curse to her if she swore falsely, right? So if the husband is suspicious or jealous, um, then this, if she is not guilty, right, this sets that sin aside, right? Uh, and then it's 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 kind of like a, a renewal of vows, vows in a way. I know that's something that Christians sometimes do, right? Of course, there's the uh, flip side, that there is a curse that's applied to her, to those who commit adultery, um, and the woman bears that curse, and there is a great deal of shame that would be in that community. Um, that isn't to say that no one would actually do it, right? But um, that would be a, a pretty good curb, I think, for a lot of people to be faithful, <laughs> especially because um, it rightly recognizes that the sin of adultery, of fornication, uh, unclean, that kind of uncleanness, is not just a sin before your husband or wife. It's a sin before God. All right. So here we have the tears and the hair, um, and the bitter water of jealousy um, are those tears, I would say. And the hair being let down is connected to the woman who may have committed adultery. So I think there's a pretty strong indication that that's the sin that this woman has been caught in. Of course, here she is um, bringing fragrant oil. And that's not part, as we saw in Numbers 5, that was not part of the jealousy offering. Rather, that was a grain offering. So we have we have a difference here between this woman and the woman in Numbers uh, who whose husband is jealous for her, whether she's guilty or not. What's different here? Again, she brings the fragrant oil that was not part of that jealousy offering. Um, what might the woman be confessing by using it, by using her hair upon Jesus' feet? Yeah, she sees Jesus as a different sort of priest, I think, uh, than the high priest and being brought. Uh, maybe she sees in Jesus her husband, actually, and also her priest. Hmm. Uh, because his feet will be those that crush the head of the serpent, as he offers himself as the pleasing aroma that covers sin. There's no need for the jealousy offering because God is jealous for his people, but he, uh, the Father, gives his son um, to make atonement for her. Yeah, and she's truly in the presence of the Lord. It's true, right? But not, but not the Lord um, simply of judgment, although Jesus does judge the living and the dead. But his judgment for her, who has been brought to repentance by the Spirit, is not guilty, forgiven. Yeah. So uh, Jesus is fulfilling here the jealousy offering. Right. He's offering up his own body as that grain offering. What uh, does the host say of Jesus, though? Huh. If he were a prophet, he would know better, right, than letting this sinful woman touch him. Um, what's the host's name? Simon. Yeah. Not Simon Peter, a different host. 
This is another Simon. Um, he tells him a parable. And remember, the purpose of these parables or these stories is that seeing they would not see and hearing they would not understand, except for those who are given to know by way of the Spirit. Right. So this is, um, is this going to help them or is this going to make it more difficult for them? <laughs> we'll see here. All right. So he uses as an example two debtors, two debtors coming to the creditor. Right. Uh, of course, we know that too well. Banking is as old as time. <laughs> All right. So one owes 500 denarii and the other owes 50. All right. Who are these two debtors? I would say they're both Jews. One is the Pharisee and one is the, the woman, right? Okay. One owes much, one owes very little. Uh, who's the creditor then? God the Father. And what does the creditor do? Forgive the debts of both, right? Without any conditions. He freely forgave them both. Beautiful. All right. So why is it important to ask which of them loves the creditor more? This is the emphasis. And I know we don't like to talk about this, but um, those who rightly confess the enormity of their sins, whether they're quite public or not, isn't the point, will also recognize the abundant mercy and love of God who erases the debt they cannot repay. Right. So um, I've often remarked this, but I think the life of the Christian who grows in maturity is that in maturity, they recognize the utter depravity of their sinful nature, that as they grow older, there's less and less that they can take any credit for, right? They're, as they're continually brought to recognize their sin, okay? Um, it's, it's the young and foolhardy that think that uh, if even in part they were, are without transgression, that they do anything um, that is pleasing to God apart from living in the forgiveness of sins, right? So that's the difference here. How does Jesus accuse Simon of a small debt? Right? There's a pretty strong accusation. Um, you offered no water to wash my feet. You didn't greet me with a kiss. You didn't anoint my head. Right? Um, all of these are actual marks of a lack of hospi- hospitality, um, much of which was expected in that culture, um, if not assumed. Um, it also would be kind of scandalous, actually, not to offer these sorts of things to a guest. Uh, how is or is the woman forgiven because of her love? Because she loves much, she's done all these things, right? Why is she forgiven? Because she trusts in Jesus as this high as the high priest to remove the debt and to free her from the accusations that he has rightly made against her. Right? Like the woman in the jealousy offering, she seeks relief from the bitterness of her sin. What does Jesus say to the woman? Of course, then your sins are forgiven. Right? Because of her faith, trust in him. Um, her actions are a fruit of her faith, to quote Galatians. What, why did this upset the people at the, at the table? Again, how or under what authority does Jesus forgive sins? And that's an essential question, right? Uh, we'll talk about it more actually tonight in our catechesis at 530, um, adult catechesis, so come join us for that. because We're going to talk second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, tonight. What does Jesus say as he sends the woman away? There it is. Your faith has saved you. Notice Jesus even makes that emphasis. The works are a fruit of faith, but it's the faith that saves, and the faith is given by the Holy Spirit. Um, this is one of the important things um, to do as you're reading uh, the Bible, is to read a story like this in context of all the scripture. Not to read this in isolation and then forget to uh, attach the proper role to what's happening here. All right. The woman comes with the burden of a great debt under the law. 
She has been unfaithful and behaved as a harlot, just as ancient Israel did. She reminds us of the church when she has turned from the word of the Lord and sought out the idols of the world. How often the church becomes like the Jews and seeks out outward holiness and success rather than the joy of the forgiveness of sins. Our Lord is a jealous God, but he has given us his own son as our high priest, that he might drink the bitter water for us and bear the curse. This woman does not speak a word because she is silenced by the law's condemnation. She seeks only the merciful forgiveness of Jesus, that she may go in peace. So we come to the altar under the burden of the, and sorrow of our sins. But the Father has us eat and drink the body and blood of, of his Son, that we may go in peace, for our faith has saved us. All right. So, sacrament of baptism, how can water do such great things? Certainly not just water, but the word of God in and with the water does these things, along with the faith which trusts this word of God in the water. For without God's word, the water is plain water and no baptism. But with the word of God, it is a baptism, that is, a life-giving water, rich in grace and a washing of the new birth in the Holy Spirit, as St. Paul says in Titus chapter 3. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that, having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying. We pray. Heavenly Father, you teach us that the word of God in and with the water does great things, working forgiveness of sins, rescuing us from death and the devil, and giving us the gift of eternal salvation. Without your word, the water is plain water and no baptism. But with your word, our baptism is life-giving water, rich in grace and a washing of the new birth in the Holy Spirit. Thank you for this precious teaching. Forgive us all doubt. Grant us firm faith to trust your word in the water, that every blessing of baptism may be ours. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. All right, we sing our hymn of the week. To God the Holy Spirit, let us pray. with hearts united we love each 
God, on this day you once taught the hearts of your faithful people by sending them the light of your Holy Spirit. Grant us in our day by the same Spirit to have a right understanding in all things and evermore to rejoice in his holy consolation. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray this day for marriage and family that husbands and wives, parents and children live in ordered harmony according to the word of God, for parents who must rear their children alone, and for our communities and neighborhoods. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray this day for the households of our church, especially Jed and Rebecca, Katrina, Nicholas, Bobby, Ryan and Cassidy, Wendell and Amy. We pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Marcella, Bev, Kelsey, Amanda, Dan, Brad, Timothy, Pastor Kretschmar, Merlin, Jim, and Mike. Pray for our homebound Bev, Willis, Ed, Mickey, and Paul. We pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially this month with Sheboygan Hispanic Ministry, asking the Lord to give us generous hearts to support their work. We pray for a preservation and increase of humility amongst us. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body, and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.
All right. It's been a joy to be with you today for prayer. I uh, encourage you to join us this afternoon, 5.30, well, dinner time, uh, shortly thereafter, for adult catechesis. Again, we're going to we're just work through the catechism. This is what we do uh, with all of our new members, are those desiring to join. Um, so go come check that out. Also, um, then Divine Service at 7 p.m. This week, we will observe yesterday's feast, the uh, Feast of Pentecost Tuesday, or Whit Tuesday, as it's called. All right. Um, some, uh, well, it'll dovetail actually quite nicely with this coming Sunday as well. All right. So uh, blessings to you this day and always, and we'll see you uh, this evening. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.